From ancient times, the Liturgy of the Hours has served as the public and communal prayer of God's people. It has been called the Vox Sponsae, the voice of a bride, addressed to her bridegroom. It is the very prayer which Christ himself, together with his church, offers to the Father for the glory of God and the salvation of the world. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to Vogue Sponse, a podcast on the Liturgy of the Hours, brought to you by the St. Thomas More House of Prayer. My name is Nathan Wigfield, and I'm going to be joined by my good friend Gabriel Crawford in just a moment. But before that, we have a great episode planned for you today. We're going to be talking a little bit about the situation that we currently find ourselves in with the spread of the coronavirus, concerns for public health, but most of all in relationship to so many of us not being able to attend Mass for the foreseeable future due to cancellations and church closures. And you know, I keep seeing online a lot of people are stuck at home and they're asking, how do we as Catholics use this time to grow in our faith, keep the Sabbath holy on Sundays, and really pass our days without going crazy? So we've put together this episode on the top 10 reasons why we believe the Liturgy of the Hours is such a great gift to the faithful, especially in a time like this. So immediately following the episode, I'm going to provide us with some resources that are going to be helpful to you if you're new to the Liturgy of the Hours, or if you're just kind of getting started, maybe you don't have a book and you're wanting to know, how do I get started in praying? If that's you, please stay with us after the episode. I think you'll find uh, those resources to be helpful. Lastly, if you could take a moment and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and help us spread the word about Vogue Sponsor, we'd really appreciate it. We're a new podcast. We're seven episodes in. We feel like we're just starting to get the hang of this thing, but we'd like to reach more people. And to do that, we need your help. Also, if you would like to write us with any questions that you might have, comments, suggestions, you can email those to us at info at liturgyofthehours.org. I think that's enough for the introduction. Thanks so much for listening, and I really hope you enjoy this episode. All right. Good afternoon, Gabriel. Hey, what's going on? Well, uh, we are, just like everybody else, adjusting to adjusting to life here. Uh, Are you being of, socially isolated? You know, this has not been a huge change for me. I have to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a huge change for me. Has it? Um, yeah. Well, it's been real. like, I'm taking it seriously. So I kicked my kids out into the yard. <laughs> so they've been sleeping in the shed. And like, oh, man. I'm just like, you guys need to stay socially, socially isolated. Um, I don't know. I'm an extrovert. And I love, like, I just, I need to get out of the house every day. I need to go be around people. And so mm-hmm. just little things like going to the gym, right? Yeah. And it's like, I kind of talk, get to know some people and talk sometimes. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes after my workout, I'll play some basketball. And just getting to be with people. But now it's like my wife, she wants to hang out. I'm like, you're here all the time. <laughs> I'm going to go hang out with somebody else. And then she takes it. She's like, you don't like me? I'm like, yeah, I like you. I really do. But I just need other people. Right. So yeah. That's kind of, that's, but it's okay. I've been getting a lot of housework done. So. Yeah, we, I really think that if we hadn't moved from Pittsburgh, the story would be totally different. It would have mm. been much more of a disruption in our everyday life. But because of our location and where we live now, we are pretty much removed from yeah. city life out, for sure, you know. You're kinda out in the sticks, right? I we haven't are. been up there. Yeah. yeah, we are we are out in the sticks and most of my days consist of, you know, walking about, you know, five to ten minutes to work up at the retreat center and you know, Bethany's at home with the kids for homeschooling. Now their uh, co-op cannot meet. Uh, so their oh, homeschool co-op has yeah. about 50 kids in it. So they're not okay. meeting right now. But uh, yeah, it's still mm-hmm. an adjustment. Of course, like everybody else, you're kind of weighing information as it comes in. And, you know, that trying to figure out, you know, how bad this thing really is and what you know, how it could potentially impact our lives, you know, in days ahead. 
So mm-hmm. I think I think we're in a similar boat as other people, just in terms of having concerns, but at the same time, not really sure like how to how to navigate everything. I think having a being a religious person, I think makes the social isolation a bit uh, more purposeful. So mm-hmm. having a prayer life, it's like this lets this whole experience be a bit like a retreat. You know, it, it kind of keeps me more at home. And, and then there's structures in my life like prayer yeah, and spiritual reading and things. But I would think if I was not religious, like when I once was, um, I would kind of be grasping for hmm. – purpose and for things to do you know it it would be hard like okay well i don't want to binge watch netflix all the time yeah and but what do i do with my time do i take up a hobby do i start knitting do i read some books like you know what i mean so i think yeah have be having a faith life kind of really helps this time Um, not just in the sense of like needing faith and trusting in god but really having the structure of a day mm-hmm. of prayer. Yeah. I think it can potentially be this time can potentially lead people to a closeness and a deeper communion with God. I think it can also be debilitating having un, an unprecedented amount of free time. A lot of people are in this situation of having an unprecedented, unprecedented amount of time either to themselves or with their family. And Mm -hmm. if this is a rhythm of life that you're not used to, it can be very difficult to figure out how do we, how do we do this? If you're by yourself, how do I do this by myself? If I'm with my family, Uh how do I do this with my family? You know, I'm continually around them now before you know, the kids came home from school and we had, you know, a few hours before we got dinner and got them to bed. Um, it, it can just be, you know, it can be uh, difficult. And I think when you add to that, the accessibility of, you know, we're longing for community. And so even the substitutes of like online community, you know, kind of browsing yeah. through Facebook and just, you know, allowing getting becoming so consumed uh with uh what's available to us online that we begin to live our lives with a computer screen mm-hmm. and i deleted uh, my facebook wow dude yeah i bit the bullet. so thank you i feel you know I'm i'm kind of a facebook og in that i was in college when facebook came out oh yeah and so too. right yeah so not one of those like lame people who weren't in college when Facebook <laughs> came out, <clears throat> but like it's kind of 15, I know, man, I think I had it for like 12 years. And so I finally was like, I'm done with this. I'm deleting. But then Facebook says you have 30 days to sign back on. I know I did that <laughs> once too. Did you really, did you wait yeah. the 30 days? I did. Oh. You're making yeah, I waited me the 30 days. Then I created so an, I great. created a new account with a different email address. Ah, that's a great way to like get rid of all those people that you're randomly friends with. You're like, how did I? Yeah, when I signed back on for Facebook, I was like, I'm a new man. I can't be. <laughs> I can't be br- digging digging that stuff up, up again. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, I think uh, so. For this episode today, obviously, it would it would just be silly not to, you know, or just to pretend like everything's kind of going on as normal. And so I think this would be, this is going to be a good chance to really engage uh, the question of considering the times that we are in right now, how do we begin to order our lives in such a way as to keep our, our hearts focused on Christ uh, to stay in tune with the church. We are right in the middle of Lent right now. And a lot of us find ourselves in situations where we cannot go to mass and we can, some of us can't even 
visit a chapel or a church. And the question then becomes, how do we live out our faith? How do we live our lives in such a way that we assure that we're staying close to the Lord and we are hearing from him and seeking to do his will and not allow this kind of disruption to to take us away from what is essential. And so I think today one of the things that we wanted to to talk about is how the liturgy of the hours is such a unique gift for us during this time because of its nature as liturgy. I don't want to discount the beauty and the benefit of praying the rosary or the divine mercy chaplet of maybe building into our lives uh, some more litanies. I see a lot of people on Facebook are watching mass and even tuning into live feeds of Eucharistic adoration. A lot of conversations are happening as to how to keep the Lord's day holy on Sunday and how to do acts of spiritual communion to uh, how to how we can read uh, the, the daily mass readings as well as the Sunday mass readings to continue kind of a, a solid diet of sacred scripture. But what is unique about the Liturgy of the Hours and why is it so needed in our time? And we've come up with 10 reasons and there's certain, this is not an exhaustive list, but I think it does present a helpful overview of why the Liturgy of the Hours can be such a gift to us while we patiently endure uh, this time of, hopefully, of purification, of, of returning to the Lord, a time, you know, as we are in the heart of Lent, a time of ongoing and continual repentance. So how's that sound, Gabriel? Um, I'm still like wondering how you can do Eucharistic adoration through, uh, through the TV. You kind I kind of got, you, I got stuck there. So anything <laughs> you said after that, I've, I didn't hear, but I'm like, wait, how does that even work? So, it's interesting. I've just seen it online. I've like seen theologically, it. right? Yeah. Like, how, do, how does that work theologically? These are such, you know, extreme times and, you know, I think what a lot of people are doing right now are grasping for ways to comfort and to console the faithful who are grieving the loss of something so essential in their lives. Yeah. And so they're trying to come up with how can we make this continue to make our Lord as accessible as possible to people mm-hmm. when they're quarantined inside their homes and they can't even attend mass. I mean, there are even dioceses where you can't attend, you can't go to confession. Oh, right. I think part of the, part of it is from my perspective as a convert, there was a significant portion of my spirit of my time as a Christian where I did not, I I, I wasn't liturgical. Right. Mm -hmm. And nor did I go to mass, nor did I believe anything. I didn't even have the concept of, Christ being present right. in the Blessed Sacrament. So like for a significant portion of my upbringing and childhood and young adult years, like that just wasn't a concept to me. So how would I be in relationship with Jesus? Well, it would be through, through the scriptures and mm-hmm. it would be through personal prayer and then it would be through my community. But if you're a, if you're a cradle Catholic, like you have grown up hand in hand with all of the sacrament with the sacraments, mm-hmm. like you've grown up hand in hand with encountering God in the church, in the physical space, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then probably, as you as a cradle Catholic would have matured, begun to find Jesus in non sacramental ways. So, like outside the seven sacraments, mm-hmm. so in in reading scriptures or in other places. So, yeah. I, I guess if your whole experience has been encountering Jesus in those means, you're like, okay, now that I don't have access to the sacrament for the first time in my life, I'm 55 years old. How in the world do I do this? Well, I, I rely upon the things that I've, I've know best 
mass and Eucharistic adoration. So it, it makes sense to go to like, want to look, do Eucharistic, Eucharistic adoration online, mm-hmm. you know, but for me as not being a cradle Catholic, it's like, Oh, well, you know, there's all of these other ways in which I've encountered the Lord and I can, mm-hmm. I can start to enter into those. So it gives me an opportunity not having access to the sacraments. Well, my local parish does have perpetual adoration, but I'm able to like enter in, in those ways. Right. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, I think so. I would say that you're right. A lot of people are in a position, I've talked to friends who, the notion that they would ever be in a situation in their lives where the sacraments were not accessible to them was, I mean, they would have never thought that. And so once, once the very thing that kind of served as the foundation of their lives. I mean, we're talking about faithful practicing Catholics who are very devoted to our Lord and even some who are, you know, going to daily mass and have a holy hour once a week, etc. When the very foundation of their lives has been taken from them and they no longer have access to that sacramental life, it can be devastating. And so I think there is no one that I know or have talked to who prior to this time would have said, I rather sit at home and watch a live stream of the blessed sacrament exposed. I don't know Mm -hmm. anybody who would have said that, but all that said, I mean, we're all in this position now where, you know, a lot of that has been taken away from us. And there's this question that is, you know, I think being asked, I see articles, I see videos, I see commentary floating around the internet, suggesting all these different ways to grow spiritually during this time. I have come across a couple of articles and maybe a few people who have uh, mentioned the Liturgy of the Hours, but not many. You know, Mm -hmm. this is uh, this is unbelievable to me, uh, just giving, given the fact of what the liturgy of the hours is, you know, by nature, it is, it is liturgy, and it's inseparable from the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And I would like to just kind of rattle through these 10 reasons why the liturgy of the hours is so needed in this time and can be of a real benefit to the faithful. So if we could, I'd just like to start with number one here. I guess these aren't really in order in terms of priority, but this really is the is first, I think, in its importance. What is, the, what is unique about the Liturgy of the Hours and why is it so needed in our time? The first reason is that the Liturgy of the Hours is like an extension of the Eucharistic celebration. This is straight from the Catechism, uh, paragraph 1178. The Liturgy of the Hours is believed to be as it is taught by the church that it extends our Eucharist, our Eucharistic communion with Christ. It is an extension of it into the time of each day. And so it's literally meant to be from Sunday to Sunday celebration to be a way in which the faithful continue uh, to draw near to Christ and continue to draw from the graces of that Sunday Eucharistic celebration throughout the rest of the week. And Hmm. this is something that, you know, given the time that we're in, I know for me, every time that I pray the liturgy of the hours, you know, I'm going to be thinking about the last time that I was at mass this past Sunday and how, you know, that communion uh, that I was able to receive and participate in is the graces of that communion are still with me. They're still with me and still, they are still active in my soul through the praying of the Liturgy of the Hours. Hmm. So you're in a diocese that is continuing to celebrate Mass publicly? No, that it just, so last weekend... We did have public masses, although the obligation was lifted. But then just yesterday, our bishop came out with a, a notice 
stating that all public masses would be suspended uh, until further notice. Okay. So okay. On, on Sunday, this next, this coming Sunday, we will not be attending mass at our parish. Okay. Yeah. Here in the Archdiocese of Seattle, we did not have um, Sunday mass. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I wonder in what way is the liturgy of the hours an extension of the Eucharistic celebration? Um, <clears throat> because a thing extends. So what I mean is like, is it an extension of space? Like, is it a spatial extension of mm-hmm. the Eucharistic celebration? Is it, a, is it an extension of time? Mm-hmm. Is it an extension of grace? Like what kind of, this, this statement's a little vague, like what, how does it extend? What is being extended mm-hmm. here of the Eucharistic celebration? Yeah, I would say given, so there, the next two uh, points, do not state this explicitly, but I would, I would offer that it is the, the grace of the Eucharistic celebration that is extended given what is stated or given the next two reasons. Hmm. So the first, the first, so number two is that our, it states in the general instructions that our sanctification is accomplished and worship is offered to God in the liturgy of the hours. And so if our sanctification is accomplished through praying the liturgy of the hours, that by because the Eucharist is the source and summit of the church's life, of our spiritual lives, that if that is the source by which we are united to Christ and made holy, then if the liturgy of the hours is sanctifying man, then it is drawing that grace to sanctify us from the Eucharist. And if worship is being offered to God in the liturgy of the hours, the one efficacious act of worship that is offered, that man has offered to God, is that which was offered by Christ to the Father on the cross, which is represented on our altars at, or represented in the in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. So both of those statements, our sanctification and then our worship of God, if that is happening in the Liturgy of the Hours, it's it seems to me that it's drawing that capacity, it's drawing that grace from the Eucharistic celebration. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Yeah. I don't, I don't immediately have anything else to say there. Okay. So if you want to. Yeah, sure. I was just going to say, you know, around, around that second point there, just real quick Mm -hmm. in this time of unprecedented downtime (laughs) of free time that folks find themselves in, or just this, you know, uh, almost an unstructured and unregulated, Uh, time at home, you know, temptations can sometimes ramp up and, you know, and to greater or lesser extents and with, you know, various uh, vices, you know, having total free time can sometimes be a real uh, detriment spiritually. And so I think, you know, this is important because if the Liturgy of the Hours has Mm -hmm. the capacity to purify our hearts and to sanctify us, um, it also has the capacity to guard us against temptation. And and so to provide this kind of structure, I think is important. Hmm. The third, yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Just a pause. So the phrase, our sanctification is accomplished in the liturgy, the hours, it rubs on me a little bit. So I think especially um, in today's culture, we, we really emphasize the work, the corporal works of mercy. Mm-hmm. So we we emphasize matters of social justice, mm-hmm. loving and serving our neighbor, um, and and we emphasize these as the means by which our sanctification is accomplished. Mm. Um, but praying the liturgy of the hours is not. I'm not serving my neighbor corporally, right? Um, and. And so it's interesting to me. So it rubs on that sense a little bit um, of that we are made holy. So sanctification to be made holy, sanctified um, through the praying of the liturgy of the hours, like that it's accomplished 
Mm-hmm. That just simply in in the praying of it, like even if we can't leave our houses, so it also rubs the social justice side, but also the missional evangelistic side, right? Mm-hmm. How do I do the mission of the church if I can't leave? If I'm like being told mm-hmm. not to leave my house, or um, if all the ministries of the church, for the most part, like our local parish, is kind of shut down, you know, how, how am I doing the work of God in the world today? It's like, mm-hmm. well, I could pray, and through the praying of the liturgy of the hours, my sanctification is is accomplished, um, not complete or f- full fulfilled in that sense. But what the yeah, I think is we there. might even say, you know, our san- <laughs> we we receive uh, the grace for our sanctification, you know, in mm-hmm. just like you know we say in the mass, you know, is the Christian life complete by just attending mass? Well, no, you know, is is no, the Christian right. life complete? from just praying the liturgy of the hours. Well, no, um, it's not complete. It still bears, uh, it still needs to bear weight in terms of our service to our neighbor for the way that we live out our faith in the world. And Mm -hmm. the source of that sanctification is always going to be the mass and it's always going to be the, the church's prayer. You know, that, that, that's always going to be, that's where we know that we need to go we need to go for that to be accomplished because our sanctification is not our own. And if we, if we are made holy by the work of Christ, then, you know, our works of mercy become even more efficacious and in bearing witness to the one who makes us holy. Mm -hmm. And that's not even to say, you know, when we do pray the liturgy of the hours, even though, Right, right now we may we may be in a position where we can't exercise the corporal works of mercy, but I do want to remind. Uh, I need to be reminded of this, but you know I think we all do that. You know, if you do have a family, uh, you have an opportunity every day to exercise the corporal works of mercy within your own home. True, uh, true. So you know that's uh, you know, and or if you have roommates, uh, if you know even. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of ways that that those corporal works in mercy, but at the very least, we can say mm-hmm. uh, when we pray the liturgy of the hours, we'll get down to this uh, in another point. Is that we're we're interceding for the salvation of the world, which is a spiritual work of mercy. Mm, right. The next, the next point is that uh, the mystery of Christ celebrated in the Eucharist permeates and tra- transfigures the time of each day through the celebration of the liturgy of the hours. This is another reason why I think when we talk about it being an extension of the Eucharistic celebration, that it it's an extension of the graces of the Eucharist, because how could the liturgy of the hours permeate and transfigure the time of each day apart from the Eucharist? And this states pretty clearly that the mystery of Christ celebrated in the Eucharist, it's, it's that mystery of Christ in the Eucharist that is permeating the tr- and transfiguring the time of each day, but it's doing it through the vehicle of the liturgy of the hours. Hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, there's that moment in the mass. Um, my favorite part is the offering. Me, yeah. Me and too. and it, it's that time when we bring up, we bring up the gifts and this is shown, especially on Sundays, but we bring up the, the bread and the wine and, and, those gifts become the symbols of our very lives and Mm -hmm. we, and the priest offers them up and we offer them with the priest uh, to the father and that, and we pray that they would be made holy. Mm -hmm. Right. So here's this moment in the mass when we're praying that all the aspects of our life would be made holy. Then the liturgy of the hours is, is the continued unfolding of that request. Yes as the liturgy of the hours is permeating and sanctifying our day in time as it continues. Mm -hmm. But even what occurs in the day after that moment in the mass of the offering, it's included in that, in that moment Mm -hmm. in the next day and the next day and the next day, the whole of life. Yeah. And how important, I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, how important is, you know, in this time of just total disruption in terms of the, normal every day, you know, we, if we invest as Catholics, as we invest our energies in, you know, trying to discern how it is that I serve God through my vocation or through my, 
you know, the work, the work that I do through my even leisurely activity, when all this is disrupted, you know, to ask the question, how can I, how can I make an offering of this day where I am so limited in terms of my activity? This becomes the way, the way to do it. I mean, to, to really take the graces of the Eucharist and to offer offer those each and every, you know, to offer those throughout the day through the liturgy of the hours, mm-hmm. you know, really we have an opportunity to redeem this time. You know, this time could be such a waste. You know, this, the reality is, it's like, you know, if, if, if we go through these coming months and who knows how long we'll be in this, but in this kind of state of affairs, but if we go throughout this time and nothing changes for us spiritually, if nothing you know, if we don't exercise, you know, our baptismal priesthood in offering up this time to the Lord and really cooperating with the graces and the things that he desires to do in our hearts, this could be a total waste of time. Hmm. But we have a chance to redeem that time. And I think one of the ways that we can do that is through the liturgy of the hours. Yeah. The fourth point is through the liturgy of the hours, we can reach all humanity and contribute significantly to the salvation of the whole world. My, I'm immediately thinking of St. Uh, Therese of Lisieux. Mm. And, and St. Therese longed to be a missionary. Mm. And she was a missionary from within the confines of her convent. Mm-hmm. And the, praying the Liturgy of the Hours, that our prayers are, are effective, are effective. Um, and we can often, I think especially in today's culture, we can overemphasize, and maybe not overemphasize, but we give so much emphasis to the actual doing of things that we can underemphasize the importance of intercessory prayer. Yes. The intercessory prayer, like now is such an important time to be praying for others, to be praying for the repose of the soul, souls mm-hmm. of others who have died, for their yes. families who are suffering. And <clears throat> doing intercessory prayer can be difficult if you struggle with putting your prayers into your own words. But the intercessions of the liturgy hours, specifically in morning and evening prayer, give the form and the mm-hmm. content of those intercessory prayers. And so what I often do is, is when I'm, you know, I'm usually praying the office uh, by myself. And after the intercessions um, that the church is praying for, for a specific content, I'll include my own prayers mm-hmm. um, that are, that are often motivated and inspired by the intercessions of the church given to me in the liturgy of the hours. Yes. Yeah, that's one of the things that we do as a family. We pray night prayer together. And because night prayer doesn't have a list of intercessions, what we do is before we begin night prayer, ever we kind of go around and everybody has a chance to offer night prayer for a particular person or in, or intention. And I think that's a great way, you know, sometimes like you said, sometimes we we lack the words to be able to articulate, you know, how we want to pray, how we should pray for, you know, someone in need and how powerful it is to just even begin before we begin praying the liturgy of the hours, whatever hour it might be is to either, uh, you know, before we begin offer that intention to the Lord and offer that particular hour of prayer uh, for a particular person Mm -hmm. Or, as you said, you know, during morning and evening prayer, insert that at the end of the intercessions and offer them uh, in prayer. So I think, yeah, this is this is a great way that we can pray right now. I mean, we need to be praying for the whole world. And I think the other thing, too, is that, you know, right now we can tend to get into this habit of simply praying for a relief from temporal needs or yeah. temporal sickness and disease and uh, temporal afflictions. And I'm not, not to minimize that, but 
right now we also and especially need to be praying for people's salvation, um, both you know inside and outside the church. You know, praying for a deeper conversion of heart for those uh, those in the church, those are baptized, um, and also you know for those who are outside the church that they uh, be their hearts be turned to the Lord, and this is a great way to do that because in the general instructions, it tells us that when we pray the liturgy of the hours, we reach all humanity and we contribute significantly to the salvation of the world. Mm -hmm. And which is really important because it gives us a place to put our anxiety Mm. when we're, um, if we begin to feel anxious over the things we're reading in the news. Yeah. Um, and if we begin to feel a sense of uh, a, f- a feeling of fear or anxiety, um, it gives you a place to put it mm-hmm. in your prayers, um, to include things that are happening in other places of the world, um, and to bring those concerns um, into the liturgy, that they would, and that the liturgy is infect- effective in that sense. Mm-hmm. Number five says that uh, we we have for number five in the liturgy of the hours, our praise is united to that of Christ along with all the angels and saints in heaven. And I'll add to that, uh, we are joined to those of his body here on earth who are praying this prayer as well. So Mm -hmm. the liturgy of the hours in a time of, I'll use the phrase, social distancing, the liturgy of the hours actually puts us in touch with Uh, all the angels and saints in heaven and all those in Christ's body who are praying this prayer on earth. Mm -hmm. And so this becomes, and, and actually the bond that we share with, uh, with the, with the faithful, both those who have gone before us and those with us now, the bond that we share through, through the liturgy is deeper than, uh, than even the bonds that we share with our own blood relatives. And so this becomes a time that we can really spiritually enter into deeper communion with Christ and all his faithful. Yeah. And this is so important. Like if you're somebody who struggles with depression Mm -hmm. and if isolation and loneliness is a trigger of depression, um, entering into the spiritual reality when you're praying the liturgy of the hours is that you're not alone. You're Mm -hmm. not, you're not isolated and it can be a solve to that sense of loneliness. Though I'm physically alone, I'm not spiritually alone. And I know, I don't know, does the church teach this aspect of the liturgy of the hours about other prayers? So when I pray the rosary, am I, united with the whole faithful community in the same way. Do you know if the church teaches that? I think the priority goes to the liturgy. So in the sense that uh, objectively speaking, the, in the liturgy of the hours, and, and it's the same with the sacrifice of the mass, that our, our prayers are united with that of Christ and all the angels and saints in heaven when we pr- uh, and that that becomes the source of other devotions in the church. So not only mm-hmm. does that become the source of the rosary, the divine mercy chaplet, the litanies, the uh, even Eucharistic adoration, you know, all of these receive their source and inspiration from the liturgy. And so it's mm-hmm. not like there's a competition between the two, but if there is communion with all the faithful, even with, you know, Our Lady and her son, our Lord, and all the faithful in, through praying the rosary, that is only made possible because of the sacred liturgy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so there's just a, pri- a priority there. Right, a priority um, of, of its very essence. Mm-hmm. So the essence of the rosary and Eucharistic adoration are, are private. Mm-hmm. Um, but the liturgy of the hours is essentially a public prayer right of the whole church yeah and so even prayed in isolation and um in solitude it still remains public just like the celebration of mass even if you're the only person praying celebrating mass it is still a public liturgy yes so 
Number six, the Liturgy of the Hours keeps us rooted in sacred scripture. This is from the Catechism. The church has always venerated the scriptures as she venerates the Lord's body. The Catechism also says, in sacred scripture, the church constantly finds her nourishment and her strength, for she welcomes it not as a human word, but as what it really is, the word of God. In the sacred books, the Father who is in heaven comes lovingly to meet his children and talks with him. We, we see this explicitly in um, the very structure, the physical structure of the church, of a um, I mean, the, the actual physical church, where we have the ambo and we mm-hmm. have the altar. It's, the ambo is the table of the word, and we eat from that table, just like the altar is the table of the Lord's body. Mm. Um, the scriptures are also equally the table of the Lord from which we receive our nourishment. And this, so this becomes a, such an important opportunity for us as Catholics, so much so in light of the Second Vatican Council that has called Catholics to a deeper love and veneration uh, for the sacred scriptures. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have access to the celebration of the Mass, well, there's a whole other table to mm-hmm. eat from, you know? Yeah, and, you know, the Liturgy of the Hours, it's a full-on immersion in in the scriptures. And if you pray morning and evening prayer and, and even throughout the day, uh, you're going to get little bits and pieces of, of reading, actual readings from scripture. But, you know, we're praying the Psalms and then also, you know, antiphons that we pray, responsories, intercessions, concluding prayers, all of these, a lot of these draw uh, directly from the scriptures and they're informed by the scriptures. And, and then if you add to that office of readings, you're reading a larger chunk of sacred scripture each day. So right now in Lent, we're going through the book of Exodus. And, you know, it's just a, it's a good, steady diet and exposure to scripture. Uh, when, you know, we pray uh, office of readings, we, our first reading is always, you know, from uh, an extended reading from, uh, from the Bible. So uh, this really becomes a gift uh, to us in a time like this, because, you know, as a Protestant, I would have opened up my Bible and maybe I would have said, you know what, I'm going to read Ephesians right now and I'm just going to work through it. Or I might open up my Bible at a time and just kind of say, well, whatever page I open up to, I'm going to read what I'm going to read that. Yeah, Bible roulette. Yeah, right. You know, Bible roulette. Yeah. Uh, but as Catholics, you know, not all, you know, with the mass readings, we, we can do this. Uh, we can, we have access to the mass readings. We can do that daily and, and on Sundays. Uh, but then also in the, in the office, in the liturgy of the hours, we're also given that great gift and we don't have to kind of wonder, uh, what am I going to read today? Or how am I going to, you know, enter into this uh, today? But it's, it's given to us. And that's, that comes with a lot of freedom. And uh, we, we can really listen, I think, more freely to the word of God when it's, when it's given and prescribed for us versus, you know, when we have control over it. Yeah. Hey, Nate, we're running out of time. We so are. why don't we, we bring it into these last couple of points pretty quickly here? Sounds good. So number seven, the Liturgy of the Hours consists mostly of praying the Psalms. And why that's a great gift to us right now is, of course, because the Psalms are sacred scripture, but also, you know, St. Athanasius has said that in its pages, you find portrayed man's whole life, the emotion of his soul, and the frames of his mind. And, you know, the the church really puts the Psalms before us as as our prayer book. One, because the Psalms reveal Christ to us, you know, that the church has always seen uh, Christ in and through the Psalms, but it also reveals us to ourselves. So it it comes with all kinds of deep sentiments and emotions and things that we experience, but sometimes can't articulate. And so, especially in a time right now where we're kind of not sure uh, how to handle this, some of, some, some of us are, you know, kind of nervous or anxious. Some, some are worried and concerned about loved ones. Some of us are, you know, not feeling well and just kind of crying out to the Lord, like, please I don't let this be the coronavirus. Um, or, there are even, you know, others who 
as we stated before, feel cut off from the sacraments and are longing deeply for for that closeness uh, with the Lord that they uh, once enjoyed uh, when they were going to to mass. And so all of these present an opportunity for us to 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 cry out to the Lord. Well, the Psalms give us the language uh, to do that. And so I think uh, that can be a, a, another reason why uh, the Liturgy of the Hours is a great gift to us right now. Yeah, the Liturgy of the Hours forms us according to the mysteries of Christ celebrated in the church calendar. Um, without going to Mass, it, it'll be really easy to forget that it's Lent. Mm-hmm. So praying the Liturgy of the Hours is going to keep us focused through the week. It's going to keep us focused through the weeks as they progress, that it continues to be Lent and it can continue to give me, this can be the the support that I can lean on um, to continue to repent and, and turn my life back to the Lord uh, as I, as we progress towards Easter. Mm-hmm. Right. Number nine is that praying the liturgy of the hours allows us to celebrate the memorials and the feast days of saints, thereby giving a, continuing to give us models of faith to love and to imitate. This kind of goes back to what we were saying about really giving us a sense of communion and, and community uh, with the angels and with the saints. So as we venerate the saints and we celebrate their feast days, the Liturgy of the Hours gives us a chance to do that and to remember and, and constantly places before us these great heroes of the faith that we look to, not only as examples to imitate, but also as powerful intercessors and, quite frankly, uh, friends, <laughs> friends mm-hmm, of God mm-hmm. uh, that we can yeah. draw near to at this time. Yeah, and the last one, um, similar to as we've, we've stated before, praying the Liturgy of the Hours provides a consecrated rhythm needed to orient our days around prayer, uh, communing with God. So, you know, if it's going to give us the, that opportunity. It's going to be really easy to binge watch Netflix. It's going to be easy to like zone in on our phones um, and just use technology to pass the time. I think especially if like, if you're a single young adult and you come home from work and if you're not going to hang out with others, you're going to be like, what the heck am I going to do with my time? Mm-hmm. And you know, if it's not reading a book, is it just watching movies every night? You know, the Liturgy of the Hours is going to give some structure. Here's a way that I can, I can um, offer my time to God in the extra time that I have and continue to deepen my uh, prayer life. Yeah, and if, if you know somebody who's in a similar situation as you, there's no reason why you can't even set up a time to maybe on a phone call or FaceTime to pray the Liturgy of the Hours together um, to, do, uh, to do that. You know, there's that uh, opportunity that we have to share in this, uh, sharing this together at least as much as, uh, as we can. So I think, yeah, these are important as, you know, really kind of allows us to orient our, our life around what is essential. And that continues, you know, that is always, you know, our faith in Christ. And, uh, we, we draw near to him most, especially through the liturgy. And during this time where a lot of us can't get to mass, the liturgy of the hours is its sacred liturgy. And this continues to be available to us at the end of this episode, which we're drawing near here. We're going to close with prayer, but at the end here, I am going to provide some resources for us, online resources to get started praying the liturgy of the hours. Uh, Also, um, I'll draw attention to our beginner's guides that we have on our website and a few other things uh, just to, if you haven't prayed the liturgy of the hours, uh, to just get you to get you started, and um, yeah, I hope uh, I hope this is helpful for folks and in, in, in encouraging in a time like this. And uh, we trust and we know that as we as we venture through this together, that uh, we are a people united in prayer. Excellent, thank you, Nate. Hey, Gabriel. All right, let's uh, go ahead and close with this prayer. Uh, we're going to pray a traditional prayer that has always been uh, prayed following the divine office. So let us pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. To the most holy and undivided Trinity, Trinity. to the humanity humanity of our Lord Jesus Christ Christ crucified, crucified. to the fruitful virginity virginity of the most blessed and glorious glorious Mary, Mary. ever Ever virgin, 
and to the whole, company, the whole company of the saints, of the saints. Be, everlasting be everlasting praise, praise honor, honor and, glory and glory by all by creatures, creatures. And to us, and to remission, us remission of all our sins, of all our sins. world, world without, without end. end. Amen. All right, dude. All right, Gabriel. Thanks right. so much. God bless. Definitely. Uh-huh. Bye. All right, so for those of you who have not prayed the Liturgy of the Hours before, I'm going to provide you with a few resources that will hopefully help you to get started. Now, usually I'm going to recommend, if you don't already have books, that you actually get the physical books. Just like there's a reason we use actual beads for praying the rosary instead of virtual ones, I think there's good reason why we use a book when we pray the Liturgy of the Hours. It's physical, it's something that you can touch and feel, it's one of the ways that we pray with our bodies. Nevertheless, in a time like this, you might not be able to get a book right now, or you just kind of want to dive in and get started. And so if that's you, I'm going to recommend that you get one of two apps. The first is Universalis. This does cost you a little bit of money. I think it's around $12. It is a very nice app. It comes with everything that you need to pray with the church, but it does have additional features that some people like and consider worth uh, spending a little bit, a little bit of money for. The second one is free, and it's iBreviary. It also gives you everything you need to pray with the church each day of the year. So both of those apps are great. One costs a little bit of money. The other one's free. You can go on the App Store and kind of weigh the decision based on you know reviews and the features that are listed there. Now, if you do have a book or you can get a book, I'm going to point you to our website because on our website, we have a beginner's guides for both the single-volume Christian prayer book and the four-volume set of the Liturgy of the Hours. Now, when you go to our website, liturgyofthehours.org, you can just go up to the top right-hand corner. There's a little circle there, and in big, bold letters, it says Free PDF Guides. These are going to walk you through where to place your ribbons, as well as give you some basic instructions on praying each of the hours of the day. We also have a great resource on our website that gives you the exact page numbers that you need for praying morning and evening prayer each day of the year using both the single volume and the four volume set. So these are just a few resources that will hopefully help get you started. You know, I also want to mention that I am here and I would love to help anybody who would like to get started and may, perhaps you'd like to talk over the phone or send an email please feel free to do that. You can email me at info at liturgyofthehours.org. You can also call our retreat center at 814-676-1910. I'd love to talk with you and walk you through getting started and praying the Liturgy of the Hours. I want to thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope all this is helpful. And during a time like this, my prayer is that we can all join together and be united in the prayer of the church and praying with Christ to the Father for his glory and for the salvation of the world.